Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show online. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football a Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com or on Facebook, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, celebrating Hawaiian Shirt Friday. Mm. It is the Duchess of the Dorks. It is Ashley Ashley Pickle. Oh, so now instead of Ashley Pickle Pickle, we're going Ashley Ashley Pickle? Which would you prefer? Uh, either one works. Today, Happy Hawaiian Shirt Friday, though, yes. Happy Hawaiian Shirt Friday. <laughs> Today is Friday, July 10th, 2020. 139 days till Thanksgiving, episode 990. 990. This is the Matt Stairs episode. He is 990th alphabetically. The first players who have ever played for the Texas Rangers. On today's show, guys, uh, we're going to have a chat. You and I. We're going to have a talk about high school football season and football season in Texas, and we're going to have a reality check, okay? Because right now, there's this weird culture war going on (laughs) that is so needless and dumb, and I'm going to weigh in, and we're going to just have a talk. We're we're not going to yell at each other. We're going to be actual, feeling human beings. No, we're going to yell. For a minute. So we're going to talk about that. And if you don't want to hear that, if you do not want to hear the possibility that football season is going to be different in the fall, there's an X up there at the at the browser tab. Mash that X. Then back half of the show, because you will want to stick around for this. Mm-hmm. Yes. We Big found time. him. Mm-hmm. We found him. He's alive. Ishmael Johnson makes his glorious, Woo-hoo-hoo. triumphant return to Texas football today as he will help us with Texas State Summer Camp. We are running through the 12 FBS teams in the state of Texas uh, with our summer camp previews. We are going west-east. We have arrived in San Marcos. We will hear from Ishmael Johnson at the back half of the program. Okay. So, we've simultaneously picked a good day and a bad day to take a day off yesterday. Yeah. Because, on one hand, a lot of stuff happened. And like, there was a lot to talk about. But on the other came. hand, a lot of it came down after the show would have been off the air. Uh, can you fix that graphic? Um, so, the there's a lot to dive into. Okay? So, a couple of small things. You may have noticed yesterday that there was a piece up on TexasFootball.com uh, in which we, we being Dave Campbell's Texas Football, 
uh, surveyed uh, Texas high school football head coaches. And the, the purpose behind this, I think, was pretty simple. And I actually, when I emailed the coaches, I laid it out to them. I said, there's a lot of blowhards out there who are just running their mouths and like speculating wildly about what football is going to look like in the fall. And it seems to me that nobody's asking what the high school football coaches think. And so I was like, why don't we just, why don't you tell us what we think? So we set up a survey mm-hmm. for uh, high school football, for, for Texas high school football head coaches. And they were ready to answer. And they were ready to answer. I <laughs> sent that thing out and it was like within like eight minutes, we had like a hundred responses. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, we got a total of 515 head coaches in the state of Texas. Which, Get your questionnaires which, in that fast. Which that is pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. And we asked them, what do you think? A couple of key questions, which is basically like, will this, do you think the season's going to start on time? Is one of them. On a scale of one on to a ten. Scale, I had them rate their confidence on a scale of one to ten. Uh, one being I have no confidence that the season will start on time. Mm-hmm. Ten being I have 100% full confidence. confidence, full confidence that we'll start. Uh, and and I'll be honest, I was surprised. Mm-hmm. I was surprised because 61%, more than 61% of coaches rated their confidence five or below. Now, most of them, the, or not most of them, but the, the highest, the most frequent response was five, right mm-hmm. in the middle, but on the lower end of, of, of the spectrum. But the second most was three. Okay. Coaches right now are starting, and I've, I've had conversations with coaches, I've had DMs with coaches and stuff like that, and coaches are starting to get nervous. Mm-hmm. Coaches are starting to get nervous about football season, and that showed up there. I also asked them, will the season be played in its entirety? And it's a bit, pretty similar thing. 62% of coaches are in, their, in its entirety as scheduled was the way that I phrased it. Will the 2020 Texas high football season be played in its entirety as scheduled? Uh, five, and, five and below, uh, 62.5% percent of the coaches did that i also asked them about what fans are going to look like in the stands uh i think that if you go to textfootball.com you can read about that but the big ones are are there um and that was kind of the we sent that out in the morning and i was thinking all right there's your thing that's going to be the big talking point of the day Mm -hmm. i don't know about you guys now i live on the internet which is bad for my brain but (laughs) yesterday it felt like a tipping point and I don't know why like I don't know if everybody just woke up and looked at the calendar and realized that it's July 9th and that we yesterday it was seven seven weeks from tonight is supposed to be the first night of the Texas high school football season Mm -hmm. seven weeks from tonight that is simultaneously a long way away and and also in a blink of an eye also tomorrow yeah (laughs) you know but I don't know what happened because suddenly we started having a lot of news about football in the fall. It felt like back in March when like yes. that one day that ba- all the basketball tournaments, like literally you, you hear about it for like maybe a week-ish. And then in the morning, in the instance, it was like, oh, we're shutting down everything. And it was like, what just happened? That and, was what yesterday felt like. And so the first one of the first things, I would say the biggest like national bit of news was that the Big Ten announced that they, that if they play football in the fall, it will be a conference-only season. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no conf- no non-conference games. That does not have an effect on Texas. No. We went, if you go through the schedules, there are no Big Ten teams on the schedule in the state of Texas. But Pac-12 said that they are... If there's reports out that they're right behind them. Mm-hmm. That they're going to do the same thing. And 
that would have a major impact because there are four Pac-12 teams on the, on the docket. Plus, uh, a USC is supposed to come to Arlington mm-hmm. to play Alabama. Uh, the ACC is kind of apparently, from from what we understand, right behind them. And look, at that point, if three of the Power Five conferences, heck, if two of the Power Five conferences were to cancel non-conference schedules, then guess what? Everyone's con- canceling non-conference schedules. Right. Because there's no point at that point. No, you At that can't. point, the decision's kind of made for you. So there, that was the big national news. But then there was also a lot of smaller things that happened. Uh, this all kind of comes back from the, um, the, the Ivy League. The Ivy League, when they announced we are canceling fall sports, hope to play them in the spring, was basically the way that they put it. And that came out about, what, 3.45 on, on Wednesday? Wednesday, the yeah. 8th, yeah. Came out, yeah, came out late, late, or like in the afternoon on Wednesday. Which they had said for about two or three weeks that June 8th was their final day yeah. that they were going to make a decision. July 8th, yeah. The, <laughs> and so, sorry, uh, time has no meaning. <laughs> but you're right. The reason, and I think there's some people who are like, well, why does it matter? Like, Harvard's not winning the national championship. And that is true. But also... <laughs> you heard it here first. The, the reason that that was important was that it was the first. And when that happened, if you go back to March, you'll remember that the Ivy League was the first to cancel mm-hmm. their conference basketball tournament. The smart people. And wow. that started the dominoes. Okay, so because generally speaking, in my mind, and this is my particular, this is my opinion, I think that administration, as far as sports are concerned, is a copycat game. Mm -hmm. I think everybody's waiting for someone else to do it first to give them cover to do something. Mm -hmm. And once the Big Ten said they were going to do that, I fully expect every other college football conference to follow suit. And look, we'll get to that in a moment. Okay, but then there were other things. One that came out yesterday was a um, a notice from El Paso that the city of El Paso, I believe it's the city health organization, mm-hmm. has basically said, all right, we are going to open up or you, you, we are not going to open up schools until September 7th. And this coming from Matt Stepp right now, Laredo just banned any extracurricular activities until September 5th. So right. they're following And they suit. were very specific about saying that that does ban extracurricular activities, which obviously high school football would be a part of that. The, if that's true... And that holds up. Now, we're all about to get a great lesson in how local government works. All of us. (laughs) We're all about to find out how these things work. If that's true, El Paso's not playing the first two weeks of the year. Mm -mm. If that's true, Laredo's not playing the first two weeks of the year. Right. That means they're canceling those. Okay? That those will have to be canceled. Then, yesterday afternoon, came word that New Mexico is going to move their football season. There was football and baseball? Football and soccer. Football and soccer. Yes. They're going to move football and soccer to, this is New Mexico high schools, move their football and soccer to the spring. That is what they're going to do. Now look, Texas is not New Mexico. That's a hot take. Wow. Texas is not New Mexico. But Texas does have a close relationship with New Mexico. And in fact, uh, our friend Tony Blaylock at, at, at TXHSFB uh, tweeted out that there are, I believe, over 20 teams that in Texas high school teams that are now without games mm-hmm. because they were scheduled to go play teams from New Mexico. It's As you can probably imagine, it's a lot of teams from out west, a lot of teams, El Paso area, that part of the, of, of, of the state. And so 
and, and I'll be honest, like my phone and my DMs have been blowing up with coaches mm-hmm. who are saying, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Okay. What do you think? What's going to happen in the fall? Coaches are getting nervous. And I will tell you this coaches. I'll go back to our, our, our survey. Coaches are inherently positive people. Okay. That's, that's who they are. If they are not positive, they have chosen the wrong line of work. That is a bad, that's a bad place to be a negative Nelly. You know what I mean? So when coaches get nervous, I get nervous. Plain and simple. When coaches get nervous, I get nervous because coaches, in my mind, are the canary in the coal mine. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who are giving you the first word that, hey, something's up. And I think part of it is that we are ticking down to schools apparently reopening in the fall and the plans have been, um, let's say, light. Mm -hmm. The guidance has been light, especially from the TEA. Don't get me started on that. I'm I'm the husband of a teacher. I am TEA. Anyway... The wind is blowing, guys. The wind is blowing, and it's blowing in a bad direction, okay? I'm not trying to be a scaremonger. I'm telling you that the way that these things tend to go, there's a domino effect. Mm -hmm. I'm not here predicting that we're not going to have high school football in the fall, but I've been telling you for months, months, to prepare yourself for something that looks different. To prepare yourself for something that is different. Maybe it gets postponed. Maybe it gets delayed. Maybe it gets truncated. Maybe it gets moved to the spring. We don't know. But there are hard decisions that are coming. And the grains in the hourglass are running low. Because we are seven weeks from Friday nights. And furthermore, we are less than, what are we, three weeks we are three weeks away from what is, uh, yeah, we are a little more than three weeks. No, that's, that's the wrong calendar. Why are you looking at January, you dumb-dumb? Um, Time has no meaning. I know. Uh, we are th- uh, three weeks plus the weekend, this weekend, away from what is the start of the 2020 football season, which is the first day of practices. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of decisions to be made. I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. I don't know what is going to what what football is going to look like in the fall. What I do know is that it's going to be different. Okay? And there is and I know that this is this is this is the thing that you get roasted on Twitter for even suggesting there's a real possibility we don't play this fall. Okay? I, I'm not rooting for it. Okay? Obviously. Cuz not only because I enjoy paychecks But also because I like football. Right. That is the reality of the situation. And we can be, we can keep a positive mindset, but we can't be naive. Because if we're naive, we're going to get blindsided whenever something does come down. Mm -hmm. The wind right now is blowing in the wrong direction for football in the fall. Okay. I don't have any inside information on what the UIL is looking at. I don't understand. They did announce today that the, um, that if you are learning remote, that if you opt, there's a lot of school districts that are giving 
uh, kids the option of working remote or being in class. If you are remote, there the UIL is saying you are eligible to play. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I understand, school districts can put additional restrictions on that and say, no, you are eligible, but you're not allowed to or something like that if you're remote. There's a lot to figure out. And there's not a lot of time. I was and I think yesterday was the first reminder for a lot of people that we are running headlong into what may be a brick wall. And that's the same thing as, as it was in March when all of that happened. Like you said specifically that there are probably conferences and governing bodies like that who are waiting for someone to make the first move. But the counterpart of that is you don't want to be the last domino to fall either. And that's the thing is once people start coming out about it, you're going to see a mad rush of information and guidelines being set just like it was when the basketball tournaments were getting canceled because you don't want to be the last one and and risk putting people in harm's way. So you can expect that this, I feel like, was the big line of dominoes that was waiting to fall and the first couple have fallen. I bet that we can expect to see much more news coming very soon. There's going to be news, okay? Um because here's here's the reality of the situation, all right? Canceling non-conference games is a step. There's a next step and you're not going to like it. And it's a realistic possibility. We just need to be prepared for that because that is the reality of the situation. I'm not trying to be a doomsayer. I'm just telling you the facts on the ground. I hope you guys, at this point, appreciate the fact that I want football very badly. Oh, we all Very do. badly. We're all on the same team in this. Mm-hmm. But if you are looking for what football is going to look like in the fall, you're starting to get word that it's going to be a lot different or worse. There you go. That's our status check. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Uh, TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Do that. One thing, one other thing I want to I make sure I get off here. Um, yesterday, the superintendent at Dallas ISD came out and, and was on, uh, there was a quote going around that he says that he seriously doubts we'll have high school football in the fall. Uh, we went through this with the San Antonio area ISD, mm-hmm. San Antonio ISD guy as well. I would once again put that under the category of informed opinion. Right. Okay. He, he, now, now he can say, the superintendent can say Dallas ISD is not going to play football in the fall, but he's not, like he's not, that's not a decision that he would make that nobody's going to play high school football. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, We'll see. Maybe, again, he, maybe he's the canary in the coal mine. Maybe he understands that we're not going to have football in the fall. But I would once again, that that quote really blew up yesterday. I would again put that under the category of informed opinion uh, as opposed to like And it did gospel. say doubt in there. Yeah. Like, it's like I seriously doubt. Well, yeah, the exact quote was, um, yeah, I seriously doubt. That yeah, which me, there's no way that's not an opinion at that point. All right. It's what you've all been waiting for. You guys have been... Banging on in the comments about it. <laughs> He's back, people. We bring in our good friend, Ishmael Johnson. In our series of looking ahead to the FBS teams in the state of Texas, the 12 FBS teams. Um, and we're going from west to east, and we have arrived in San Marcos, Texas. Woo. 
to talk about the Texas State Bobcats. And who better <laughs> to bring in to talk about who the people want the Texas State Bobcats than the man who knows the best? It's Ishmael Johnson. And Ish, this is the first time you've been on the show in like years, decades. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a unceremonious return, but a return nonetheless. So first and foremost, this is proof of life. Can you just tell everybody that you are okay? <laughs> I'm okay. Uh, they didn't just forge my byline in the magazine. I have been. <laughs> I, 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 uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, just just staying socially distant. I, I was in the office when you guys were recording for basically all of June. Um, uh, just obviously trying to stay smart about this whole thing. So that's why I haven't been on the show. Everyone was very worried about you. Just extremely worried about Every you. Every single day, <laughs> all comments are nothing but, can we see Ish, please? Yeah. So could you hold up, actually, could you hold up today's newspaper? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right, yeah, just to make sure. <laughs> just to make sure. All right. Um, we, are, we brought you in because you wrote the Texas State section for the 2020 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. So we're going to summer camp. We're going to talk uh, about the Texas State Bobcats. And and the the first mm -hmm. question we we have is is what is the state of the program, and it, it's kind of hard to to judge a little bit with Texas State because like you don't expect them to be Alabama. There's no expectation that they're going to be a national right. contender. But I guess my question for you, Ish, is is Texas State where they should be right? This level was always middling since the 80s. Um, they had some periods of success, but for the most part, they were probably a 500 program in FCS level. So making the jump up to FBS and had that being kind of a struggle isn't that surprising. But that being said, I think the early marginal success that they saw, I think, should have spelled what their potential could have been and what their ceiling potentially was um you know they went six and six then seven and five and then of course the three and nine year and since then it's just been continuing a continuation of that downward trend and i think looking at the the jump to fbs level it kind of set up a level of expectation that oh they can compete and the fact that they haven't really gotten back to that or really even close to that um yeah i think you could say that this has been a disappointment yeah, the Jake Spavazal era enters its second year, and, and I think that there's, there's a notion right now, at least from me, that we got to start seeing some movement in the right direction. We've got to start seeing this thing going in the right direction. I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about they need to, to go out there and win the Sunbelt Conference, but I think that there's a reasonable expectation right mm -hmm. now that, especially in the second year under Jake Spavital, that things are going to click a little bit more, and this team is going to be uh, at least... Uh, at least more impressive, and and maybe not the in the win column, but at least in in looking like a team that is is trending towards contending in the Sun Belt. Yeah, no, that's that's basically what I got from talking to them, um, and basically everybody I talked to for the magazine, uh, they realized last year was not the it was not what they expected. Um, Coach Spavadol even mentioned that like. You know, uh, he, the fact that he's taken back the play calling this year, last year for him, the reason why he didn't was because he was he didn't know what to expect as as head coach for the first year. You know, he had a he had a lot of roles that he wasn't used to uh, handling. You know, time management, timeouts, substitutions, things of all all, all those things um, that he was just he admitted to being unsure about as a head coach, and so that's why he delegated the play calling duties. And because he saw the results of that, and because he that I got a head coaching job because of my credentials as an offensive play caller and offensive mind. 
um, he realized that this year needs to start showing success. And that's uh, one of the steps to that is him taking over that uh, on the. All right, let's move on to our offensive outlook. Take a look at the offense here for the Bobcats. And it's, I think it's easy to just focus on one spot on the offense because that was such a huge unknown yeah. for them last year and a huge question mark uh, going into this year. Uh, and that's at the yeah. quarterback spot. Uh, it sounds like they have their guy. It sounds like they're committed to Brady McBride. They think that he is the, the man to get them over the top. Um, it, is, it, mm-hmm. is it enough to say that if they get a quality, consistent quarterback play, that this offense could make a leap? Is, is, that, is, is that enough to, to, to get them to, to, to make a big, big jump? Yeah, I think so. Um, you look at what offense has been basically even, God, after, I guess, since Tyler Jones, um, and even his senior, even Tyler Jones' senior year, including how, you know, how inconsistent he was after his big sophomore year, um, it's been missing quarterback play, like flat out. Um, it's been missing consistent quarterback play in the magazine. I mentioned that I believe there were six, there's been six names that have started or at least played at quarterback since Tyler Jones, uh, his senior year. And it just shows that I don't know of any program in the, in the country that has had that inconsistent quarterback play and not, and been flat out. Um, And you could talk about the offensive line. You could talk about the running backs. You can talk about the wide receivers, which is, which have all been problems as well. Um, I think if you ask any Texas state fan, uh, their opinions of like the wide receiver position, since they made the jump to FBS, it's always been, fairly lackluster once you get outside of the Andy Erickson era um, and uh, the Ben Ijas, but, but uh, quarterback play has been the biggest question mark and the offensive line should be a lot better. Um, they brought in uh, Jacob Peeler from Ole Miss, who was a wide receivers coach who has credentials there to coach the wide receivers and to be the offensive coordinator, bouncing things off of uh, Spavadol. Uh, the running back should be better. Mo- most, if not all their running backs are back. So, it should be just ex- experienced at the very least. But if they don't see improvement at the quarterback position, which they're expecting to get out of Brady McBride, you know, none of that, none of that other stuff matters. Yeah. There's a lot of promise here. There's promise, but that's all it is right now is that yeah. you can't necessarily say this is going to be, a th- it's going to make that leap because we haven't necessarily uh, seen it yet. Let's, let's move over to the defense and the defense last year. And you wrote about mm-hmm. this in, in, in the 2020 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas football, but you talked about how like, Kind of the 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 biggest thing, the keep like the biggest returning starter, if you will, for this team, is just having the same defensive coordinator again, uh, in Z- and Zach Spavital, um, <laughs> that you know they finally have a little bit of consistency as far as who's running the defense, and he's got a defense that I'll be honest, there's a lot of spots that I really like this 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 Texas State defense and and think they could be up near the top of of the the Sun Belt. Yeah, a lot of people look at the you know how experienced last year's defense was, and it was it was one of the most experienced in the conference and probably in the nation, if I'm being honest. Um, they they graduated, unfortunately, they graduated probably the best linebacking core of the in the conference, um, probably the best linebacker in the state last year, or at least consistently over the past few years, uh, just in terms of production and Brian London. But they bring back quite a bit. Their front seven's not going to be inexperienced. It's just not going to be the guy to seeing as the starter these are guys that have played um 
And the secondary is going to be mostly the same as well. They rotated a lot of guys towards the end of the year to where that secondary is going to be vastly experienced. And just because they lost, they maybe lost starters or, you know, uh, down one first drive starters doesn't mean that they lost guys that are that, that they're going to be replacing them with guys that aren't used to playing. Um, one of the biggest things I've noticed is in talking with both Jake and Zach Spavadol is the vocal leaders they have coming back. Mm-hmm. The the guys that were experienced last year, they where they produced a lot, but they weren't necessarily the vocal leaders outside of the couple. But somebody like uh Kavion Patton and um Jaron Morris in the secondary, those guys are the ones that kind of grabbed everybody by the by the collar and said, Let's go. Like why you know, especially after the SMU game, after I think the Arkansas State games when they mentioned as well, where they're just saying, Hey, what's going on? We need to be a lot better than this. Um, and a lot of these guys you mentioned just the consistency. I believe uh let's see, Randall McCray, uh Woods and Zach Spavel now. Yeah, a lot of these guys have dealt with play calling, play calling changes or play caller changes just um, from the moment they were recruited to now. I mean, I think Savion Patton's had it. This is the first time that he's had his. I guess he's still they switched defensive line coaches, so I think he's on his fourth defensive line coach in four years. Goodness. Man, that's wild. Yeah. So yeah. you 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 think that just that consistency in the play calling and just the the voice in the room could could spell some improvement for for Texas State. All right, let's let's talk about uh, breakout candidates. Let's talk about guys that that you think could make mm-hmm. a household name. I've got one in mind, but I want to give the floor to you. Let's see if we come up with the same one. Who's who's your breakout star? The guy that we could be talking about uh, maybe at the end of the season. So I got a couple. Um, do you want to go offense, defense, or both? Or uh, dealer's choice. Okay, let's, let's sure. All right. <laughs> um, I think a, a lot of people are going to look to the transfers as far as Tech State's concerned. But I have two guys in mind that were on the roster last year. Uh, one's Cam Winters, and then one's DeJordan Mask on, in, on defense. Um, both of those guys, I think. I think Cam Winters started off on special teams, or one of them started off on special teams. But both of them. Both of those teams came out when I was talking to Jake and Zach Spavadol about just the improvement on defense. And they said both of those guys towards the end of the year were just making it so hard for them not to get reps on defense. And you look at, I mentioned the secondary in terms of experience, you know, guys like Jaron Morris and, and um, uh, I'm thinking Josh Newman, things like that. And it's like, oh, those guys have been on the, you know, they've been playing for two or three years now. Guys like Winters and Mask necessarily weren't. Uh, in the frame a couple years ago and they just kind of they just sort of made their way into the rotation towards the end of the season and i think those are two guys that you can basically pencil in as starters uh, by the end of the year uh, if not by week one so the guy that i had in mind is jordan revels because jordan revels was a a star Ah, yes in the park north shore um, uh, state championship teams, and he's a guy that I think you know we've been hearing about him for a while. That a guy who's ready for college right now, and I think I look. I don't think he's going to sure. be. I don't think he's a three down guy. I don't think he's a guy that is going to be out there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like that. But as far as finding a spot in the in the rotation, like I think he's definitely going to be in the rotation. Mm-hmm. And a guy that that if you want to talk about pure talent, this is one of the best you know defensive line mm-hmm. prospects I think they've ever been able to sign, uh, at least from the high school ranks. I mean, this is a guy who who really has all the tools to to be that breakout star. All right, I want to move over now talk about oh, yeah. uh, worst case scenario. We take a look at at at, at the schedule, what they've got coming up. They they open with uh, SMU, uh, UTSA, Louisiana Monroe before they get into the the heart of Sun Belt. Um. 
tell me tell me what a worst case scenario situation would look look like like what what happens that makes it so that this team is is just is not where they should be uh i mean there is there's one game in mind that uh i think spells worst case scenario and it's losing to utsa at home um you're not they haven't beaten utsa at the fbs level or i mean since they've been playing football obviously um but this if you can't beat utsa this year when are you beating utsa because they're rebuilding they you know it's a a first-time collegiate head coach and jeff we know what he did at high school and as an assistant but at this level it's you know you're catching utsa kind of on a rebuild and yes you're in the middle of a rebuild but you're further along or you should be further along than where utsa is i just i see if they lose that week two game because smu you know it is what it is right smu's on the cover of our magazine they're going to be coming out you know with the most hype since the 80s and it is what it is right you're probably not going to win that game even though it's your home opener utsa is another story you cannot drop that Mm -hmm. yeah i think you're exactly right that's that's the game that you know if you're talking about proving that this is a a program that is 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 making like making strides in the standings not just in the bit in the sunbelt but in the state of texas writ large like this is a game i think mm-hmm. you're exactly right that's that's it's the key a moral game. victory too if you can go out there mm-hmm. and win that helps push everything forward yeah. for the season off the field as well all right so then let's talk about best case scenario 100%. best case scenario what what happens that that makes this a best case scenario for for Texas. State. I don't think anybody expects them to go out there and win the national championship. But what, what is the sure. you know well you know the, the Sun Belt <laughs> Sun Belt is routinely disrespected by the playoff committee. But my question is what happens? Oh, 100%. What happens that makes them reach that ceiling? What is the what is the kind of the difference that that gets them so that the best case scenario? If we're talking about the best possible thing for Texas State, what what's that look like? I think it looks like, uh, in terms of a hard number, I think it looks like five or six wins. Um, I think what needs to happen is, I think they the offense just has to get, it has to look like a Jake Spavadol offense. And you saw that at times last year. It has to look like an offense that's opening up, that's not afraid to take shots. I think last year, whether it was the play calling or what they thought the capabilities of the quarterback was, they were. it looked like they were afraid to take shots and they were trying not to lose games, maybe hinge a little bit too much on that experienced defense. I think you have to start looking – I think you have to see a team that's adventurous and a team that realizes – that plays like it knows that it should be better than it is. Because last year I felt like they did not play and did not game plan – the way that you felt a team that had aspirations of a bowl team should be playing. And that's flat out what I think needs to change this year. And hopefully that does with Brady McBride. Hopefully that does with better wide receiver play. But um, I really don't, what I saw on defense last year, I really liked from Zach Spavadol. And I think that's going to carry over somewhat. They might fall off a bit just as they get more guys starting. But I think offensively, you just have to be more adventurous. And I think the ceiling for this team is about five or six wins, which in year two under Jake Spavadol is not a bad year. I think that's right. That if, if they get to kind of challenging for bowl eligibility, then at the, what that would do is that would set up, I think, a really exciting, especially because a lot of this team is going to be pretty young, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that and a lot of them, you know, mm-hmm. unlikely they're going to have a ton of guys that are, that are going to leave after this, this year. So you would be setting up what could be a really exciting and I think a lot of 
heading into 2021 if you get to that five or six wins and they're going, hey, like we're on the precipice of really being a team that can contend in, in the Sun Belt. He's Ishmael Johnson. Right. He's here, guys. Quit asking us about him. He's fine. <laughs> He's breathing. Trust me. He's doing fine. Ish, thanks for your time, bud. Later, guys. Thanks for having me again. There he is. He's back. Ishmael Johnson, our good friend. Everyone's favorite. Everyone's favorite member of the show. Easily. You've been robbed. You've been robbed <laughs> of him for like close. four months. And now we bring him back. Uh, and now he gets four more months off. So congratulations yeah. to Ish. No, we'll try to bring him back. <laughs> we'll try to bring him back. Anyway, uh, thanks to Ish for joining us. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Most favorite. Final thoughts. Um... The 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 real big one here is uh, first four through the door. Oh yeah, my bad. Coming in at the first seed, Lano's very own Trisha Pickle. Um, then no, it, no, 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 no. I'm calling. I'm calling no, for real. Shenanigans. For real. I've never I've never said that she was first unless she was actually first, and she was most definitely first this time. Mm. Came in with a howdy like that. Mm. Um, and then it was Daniel Agnew, Rob Hadaway, and Samuel DeLeon. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Hawaiian Shirt Friday. That's that's my. Live every day like it's Hawaiian shirt Friday. You're damn right. That's uh, the big the big takeaway. It's going to do it for us. <laughs> Thanks for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks to Ishmael Johnson for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. Wear a mask. See you Monday on Texas Football today. Mm-hmm.